Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio. Featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretations, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello everyone, welcome to Spiritual Insights and the latest installment in our Masterclass Educational Series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil. I'm joined today by my special guest co-host, Danielle Gibbons, who has served as channel for Mother Mary since 1994, allowing Mother, in her own distinct voice, to speak to and guide human beings directly. Danielle joins me on the second Wednesday of each month at 3 p.m. Eastern to facilitate this beautiful process. With her channeling gifts, she has served and assisted people worldwide to connect with Mother's love and grace. Together, Mother Mary and Danielle inspire individuals to awaken and expand their consciousness through best-selling courses, life-changing retreats, radio appearances, and online events. A beautiful compilation of Mother's teachings and a small window into Danielle's journey is available in their book, Mother Mary's Pathway to Love, Building a Loving Relationship with Yourself That Will Transform Your Life. The book's chapters provide a manual to assist the reader on a journey from darkness to the light of the deepest form of love, the unconditional love of self. Through the book, Mother Mary tackles illusions, shadows, personal sabotages, faith, miracles, forgiveness, and spiritual growth and living. Please note that during these segments, we will not take calls from listeners. After a brief discussion with Danielle, she will allow Mother to come through. While we will not be taking calls, you can submit questions through the website. You can purchase the book and learn more about Danielle and Mother's courses, events, and classes at BelovedPublications.com. There is also a free gift available, a free mini-course entitled Prepare to Meet Your Spirit Guides. I highly recommend it to everyone. And also, last month, Mother uh, gave us a brief three-minute guided experience at the end of her transmission, and I've made that available as a free download at SpiritualInsightsRadio.com. If you'd like to follow Mother's teachings more closely, Danielle also appears on Conscious Talk Radio on the second Friday of each month. Visit ConsciousTalk.net to access these appearances. Welcome back to the show, Danielle. It's so great to be with you again. It is so great to be here, Charlotte. I missed you last month. <laughs> I missed you too. 
<laughs> I met you too, but I had a lot going on, so it's not like I uh, they, they kept me busy. Let's put it that way. Good, good. Yeah, me too, me too. But it is wonderful to be here today. Excellent. So the topic that we'll be discussing today is outcomes, which Mother indicated in her transmission was one of her favorites. And I said, yes, <laughs> it's mine too. And didn't have in my mind various outcomes that were on their way in my life. So I had a lot of material to work with. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do know. Yes. And how how did your month go? Did you have anything that contributed to this topic? I had so much, Charlotte. I tell you, yes. I, I have to say, as you know, I was in the process of building my office. I just moved recently and, um, did not have a place inside my home in which to work, at least to be able to work in the way that I have been wanting to work. Um, mm-hmm. My YouTube channel is, is growing rapidly, and I love doing the videos every couple of weeks. So I really wanted to build a space that not only could, you know, have my desk and computer and everything, but also a little area where I could set up my my video filming equipment and not have to move it around and break it down and, you know, just a lot of time spent doing that kind of stuff. So I built this office and I have to say, (laughs) this is, I really stuck close with mother. I prayed about everything and everybody before I hired them. Um, I kept my, I knew that the outcome was going to be what it needed to be as opposed to maybe what I wanted it to be. So every step of the way when there was a shift, um, and the first big shift came when I got, after the architect finished their drawing, uh, I got the uh, estimate from the builder, and I thought fell off my chair. <laughs> I was like, okay, mother, well, I just can't afford that. I just can't afford that. And two days later, sure, and I, and I really was not, like, just crushed. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. That outcome did not pull me under the way that used to happen many years ago before I had really – built my faith muscle, I guess, to the way, you know, to the strength it is today. Because before that would have just, I would have said, oh, forget it. I can't do it. And then like a martyr, I would have suffered in my little corner of the den in my house and, oh, this and that. But I just thought, all right, she's got another direction for me. And I don't know what it is. And yes, I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not crushed. I'm not, you know, this is not wrecking me. Two days later, Charlotte, two days later, I went for a walk with a girlfriend, and I was telling her about this, and she said, oh, my God, that's so expensive. You should, you should build a tough shed. Uh, that's what I did. I built a little art, uh, art studio in my backyard in my old house, and I uh, used to prefab tough sheds. And in my mind, uh-huh. I'm like, that's like a tool shed. She said, no, 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 no. They make all kinds of structures. I was like, really? So okay. I went home. I went home, and you're not going to believe this, one of their prefabricated models was almost, and I'm not joking, almost exactly what my architect had drawn up for my office. <gasps> oh. For, ooh, ooh. Uh, let's 
say um, less than a third of what <laughs> of what they what wanted the builder was going to charge me. And so when it was all said and done, I ended up paying. I ended up spending uh, less than half of what my builder uh, was originally going to charge me. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it's gorgeous, and I wow. love it. I am. If everything went smoothly, everyone was on time, they stuck to their estimates, uh, it, it just could not have gone easier. Um, it, was a, it was a great experience. I mean, it was stressful, of course, but it was a great experience from start to finish. And mm-hmm. the outcome was exactly what I needed. And I was able to stay really present and keep asking for help along the way, and uh, I, it was it was an extraordinary experience for me as a single woman to have construction done, and not feel you know I hired only people that were very respectful of me and didn't talk down to me and treat me like uh-huh. you know an empty-headed woman who doesn't know what she's talking about. You know I was, I was very careful about who I hired. I felt a real. Um, I felt the energetic message that, yes, this is the person to hire before I hired them, all that kind of stuff. And I, I feel like I built a spiritual office, and it, the outcome was just fantastic, really fantastic. Good for you. Yes, I, I found you. in my experience that when you approach each situation from a good place, it gets easier and easier to deal with it. I mean, there are ups and downs going through anything, but as long as you're not attached to the way it happens and what it looks like when it happens, like with your example, you let go and the end result was exactly what you needed and looked almost exactly like what you had anticipated. So that worked out great. Good for you. Fantastic. Yeah. And it turned out even better than the first drawing because you know, they had an example on the lot of this configuration. It was a little different. And mm-hmm. I, from the, what I had the architect draw to start with, and I realized that this was going to be much better for having, like, half of it as my office and the other half as a filming studio. And so I made a rectangle instead of a square. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that yeah. there could be a real sort of, I guess, half and half kind of feeling to the, the space. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was it was so great. It worked out even better. Like ultimately, this is a better outcome than what I had originally imagined because I, you know, I I try. I was an adult. I was a spiritual adult. Oh, <laughs> I a spiritual like adult. I was yeah. Spiritually mature. You know what I mean? And not like I do. throwing temper tantrums and. Why isn't this working out the way I want it to work out? And uh, mm-hmm. I just stayed open and curious, and it worked out better than I thought it, you know, would originally. So. Yeah, we we say that often here. You know, it takes time and and practice, but you come into a spiritual maturity, and yeah. life becomes that much more peaceful. It doesn't mean you don't have anything to deal with. We all have personal problems and situations, oh, yeah. but it's in how you perceive them, it's in how you react to them, that That's changes right. everything, and um, I went I went through something myself, um, and, I, and I went through a hard time, but I got out of it fairly quickly, 
Um, and just to say to everybody, you know, when, when we're looking at something and, and we're anticipating an outcome, um, in our minds, we can imagine the worst, um, but we have to recognize that we really have no way to judge the situation appropriately, and we need to trust that it'll be okay, that it will meet our needs, even if it doesn't yeah. match the fantasy of how that occurs, right. you know? Right. Um, yes. In most in most situations, we don't know what's in our best interest, and we project an outcome onto a perceived reality. So in your case, you contacted an architect, and when it seemed out of reach and you were disappointed, a simple statement from a friend solved the whole problem. And there you go. Yeah, you know? yeah the whole thing. I mean, right after our walk, I went online and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is, this is it. And then I looked at the price and I thought, you got to be kidding me. This is amazing. Uh-huh. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it, it was one of those things where I stayed open. I didn't close myself off to possibility and what might be around the corner. You know, I didn't shut myself down. Right. Well, there are a lot of different situations that we can touch on where people can relate to. Do Would you like to go through a couple of those examples? Yeah. Okay. What I had um, thought about, was I want to look at attachment and fear when it comes to mm-hmm. outcomes. So, yeah. and those are, those are big. Those are, those are the, the main reason for the pain that you experience. You have an outcome and then there's fear. So in the case of an outcome, and then I'll hand it over to you. I have the examples of the loss of a job and also mm-hmm. the loss of a loved one through the three D's as I call them, divorce, distance, or death. So whether you have a family yeah. member in the military and they are far, far away and and it, this isn't what I wanted in life. This isn't what I expected. I, I can just imagine some of the emotions some of those people experience while they're trying to remain patriotic and and yes. service, you know, service oriented, and yet struggling with just with the emotions of this isn't what I pictured. And then the loss of a job, especially in the case when it's sudden, you know, we go through that downward spiral because. We're being forced to let go of something. Um, right. In the in the fear category, there's the loss of of personal possessions, um, such as a house. Somebody may be afraid they're not going to be able to pay their mortgage, and they might uh, lose their home, and that would be devastating, especially to the self-image, to the yeah. humiliation that comes with that. And so, the fear of humiliation that can also pertain, and this is one of my favorites. That can pertain to confrontation and arguments or agreements. I remember a number of people uh, coming to me and saying, well, I have to deal with this person in this situation, whether it's a boss or a sibling, and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And they were so certain of everything that person was going to say and do. And I, and mm-hmm. I told them, I, I coached them through it, and I said, listen, you're just going to imagine it the way you, the way you think you want, it's going to go. But most times, if you let go, it never goes the way you think, you know, and you run around in circles preparing for this confrontation that's going to happen. And in in this one case, the girl had to uh, confront her sister on a family issue. And I said, just let go and see what happens. And she managed to do that successfully enough. But when she got there, the sister wasn't even angry. And it turned out that that the one girl that the client perceived the situation totally differently and the, and the sister wasn't angry at all. So there was no confrontation. 
it was peaceful and they and they resolved whatever issue needed to be done in the family so this is what we do to ourselves we we get trapped in our own minds we start painting a canvas with a worst case scenario then we have the best case scenario but all we can really acknowledge is is all we know is what we don't want we don't really know what we want we can't determine that because we don't know all the facts we can only come up with a, a you know a like a kindergarten level drawing of, well, this is what I would like to say, but yeah. we, we need to, I want to turn it over to you, but we need to build trust. And then we'll talk about that towards the end. Um, let me hand it over to you. What examples would you like to provide and, and your thoughts on that with regard to attachment and fear? Well, I think those are, you know, really great examples. They're, they're the big ones. Um, you know, any kind of law, because what it comes down to, this, here's the irony, this, this sort of disconnect, and you, and you named it perfectly. Uh, you said, you know, this is what we do in our minds. Uh, you know, all the running around and, you know, trying to figure it all out, and he said, she said, and, you know. Projecting, yep. Mm-hmm. It's all that. But the truth is that the, when outcomes become a difficulty, it's really based on how we want to feel, you know, and, and any outcome that we, that our mind decides is going to make us feel bad, we do not want to uh, be a part of. And any outcome that our mind tells us is going to make us feel good, we do want to be a part of. And so the best thing, the really the best, best solution is to get out of your mind. You know, it is your in those kinds of situations, your mind may not be your best friend. You know, it's a great tool and not something to reject outright, but it may not be your best friend and it may not have your best interests at heart. But when you can just pause long enough. And like you were telling the woman you were working with, you know, it's like you, you just you stop all that uh, projection and deciding and, you know, this is what she's going to say and then I'm going to say this and we're going to do that. You just pause long enough to really get in touch with your feelings. And it's not so much about you know, when I say feelings, I, I don't mean to alienate people who are like, oh, God, not feelings. But I don't necessarily mean emotions. I just mean the whole of what you feel, what's viscerally going on inside of you, what, you know, yes, what are your emotions, how are you feeling? And I think a great example is, is in the military or or any kind of situation where someone you uh, are entering a relationship with them and then they go off and work either in the military or they have some kind of contractual work that takes them halfway across the world and 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 it's not something that you anticipated you didn't you didn't know how that was going to feel when you you know got into the relationship and most people you know they just want to run or they want to cause you know, stir up anger or make problems or blame, you know, the other person uh, or themselves for the situation. But really what's being asked is, you know, you just need to 
feel whatever it is you're feeling. And once that's done, that still small voice can say, well, why don't you try this? Or how about this? Or why don't you give this some consideration? Or take this action? Um, you know, but the mind is not able to handle or take into consideration all the feelings that are going on given the particular situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's important to pay attention to your emotions because emotions are really revelations. They're telling you what's going on in your mind. That's these right. are important these are important markers to tell you what's really going on, but we tend to go deeper into that and experience the cyclone that we're in instead of getting to the eye of the cyclone where it's still and where you can hear above everything going That's on right. around you, you know? And the thoughts, That's, your thoughts, the thoughts want to take you into the future uh, because it wants to avoid the present, you know, because mm-hmm. if you drop down into the present and you feel whatever it is you're feeling, then the mind doesn't get to take the driver's position. You know, it it gets relegated back to the position of really fantastic tool, but not running yes. the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and you make a perfect point. Mm-hmm. Depending on who you are, the, the mind is often the one in the driver's seat. And that's how we grew up. That's what we were taught. That's what was acceptable. And, you know, so it's a it's a habit. Yes. But you make an excellent point. The, the mind is the only thing that can take you into the future. But here's what it also does, ladies and gentlemen. It can only visualize the future based on what it experienced in the past. So you're going uh-huh. to have that worst-case scenario, and it's going to remind you of something that already happened before or that, or that might have happened to someone you know and you observed it and said, I hope that never happens to me. But it's still going to reflect something from the past. And so you project it outwards. You're not present with your body. So if you pay attention to your emotions, this is the clue that will tell you what your mind is doing. And I have a couple tips on what we can do when we're approaching a situation where we're not certain that the outcome will meet our expectations, okay? Right. So let me get to the heart of it and talk about developing trust. We become invested in the illusion, and then we determine erroneously in most cases what's best for us. But it's really based on what we want and what what keeps us in our comfort zone. But when that illusion is shattered, if the outcome isn't what you wanted, we experience pain, but what we're really going through is a period of undoing, if that makes sense. Mm. Oh, yeah. When we, when we tend to perceive a loss and fail to understand initially that it's really the lack of the value of what we wanted is being recognized. So in your example, this architect made this beautiful drawing, and you, were, you, know, you heard a choir of angels singing, like, yes, that's what I need. That's what I want. But yeah. – while it was valuable to you because it seemed to meet your needs, what you end, ended up with met your needs with a much more reasonable value economically. But the value yes. is a, of it is that you need that freedom. You need that efficiency. You need the space to move around. And yes. the value of each, they're equally valuable in purpose, but they were far from equal in cost. And so the cost that yes. you incurred in buying into it was much less because you approached it appropriately. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
So what we want to do in any given situation is ask ourselves just a simple question. What do you want this to come out of this, and what is it for? Meaning, what is its purpose? If we do that in the beginning, then we put ourselves in a place of presence, clarity, and peace. Because when the clarification of the goal occurs in the beginning, that clarity determines the outcome. To the mm-hmm. to the negative, we don't we don't go to ego too much here. We'll say mind, but and that the the mind has the negative expression and a positive expression. So I'll use those words with with regard to the ego. In the negative expression of the ego, that process is reversed. The outcome is determined by what I said earlier, only what we don't want. And that's a lot of negative energy and folk put into the outcome of a situation. Something's going to match it. But when you're positive and, and clear and open to a, a, an outcome that's better than you can even imagine, then you find out that um, you do get what you want and sometimes even beyond. But a lot of times we find these lessons especially when we're frustrated and we go on around the carousel several times, we find these lessons very hard to learn. We, we find them difficult to see our way through and we find them to be too opposed to what we believe reality to be. But if we just pull back from the illusion with detached awareness and say, okay, what can I create in this situation rather than what, what am I struggling against? Look at both of those things. What are you struggling against? What are your emotions telling you that, that your mind is wrestling with? And I think that's the best way to approach it. Do you want to add your thoughts to that? I think those are great, great uh, points and tips. And the only thing that I would add is that sometimes, you know, depending on the kind of situation, um, I mean, certainly in my building an office was fairly minor compared to a loss of a loved one or, or just getting fired from your job out of the le- out of left field and, you know, where's the next uh, mortgage payment coming from or whatever. Um, but I find that having a regular practice that calms me and centers me is critical because sometimes when I'm in really highly charged situations, if I don't have that regular habit of, of calming myself or deep breathing or some kind of practice, I it is so easy to spin out of control and I don't even think about stopping and saying, okay, let me step back here. And, you know, because there are just some situations where it is so easy to get overwhelmed. Um, And I forget. It's like I have, I don't know, ongoing amnesia when it comes to certain things, you know, that I know are really going to work well for me. Right. So if I make certain things a practice in my daily life, then when the big stuff comes, because it's always going to happen. I mean, you know, we don't live on an island, so, you know, it's going to happen. Then I, I'm much more likely to bring that craziness and this out-of-control situation into my practice. Like, okay, I just need to breathe through this right now until I can calm down enough to either feel my feelings or really have any kind of understanding as to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Inside and outside. Outcomes, some outcomes are just, oh, my gosh, they just shatter you. They just shatter you. And, yes. you know, I went through something like that just a few years ago. And it was, it, I, I was completely, my whole life just shattered. And, you know, 
I am so grateful that I had all these practices and I knew where to take it Um, because without that, I was just so numb. I was so, I didn't even know which way to turn. It was, it was that overwhelming. Um, So that's, that's what I would add to your wonderful, wonderful tips. Thank you. I have, I have one more. I, I, you know, I realize that, you know, being an office isn't um, in, in large part to the mind comparable to the loss of a loved one or uh, losing your, your main source of income when you have a family to provide for. But I want to leave everybody with this. That was an important project to you. It was a oh, project. Yeah. But we all have projects <laughs> that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Yes, and an expensive one. I mean, this was a, it, yes. this was a big commitment on my part. And uh, something that I, it was definitely a leap of faith, no, no doubt about it, for sure. Right. But I want, I want to emphasize the point that we all have projects we're working on, whether it's a creative project or a construction project. But no matter how many projects you have going on in your life, there is one project that is the most important, and that project is us. We are the project. We're constantly working on ourselves. So, you know how, I, and I say, I sometimes, you know, we're all business owners. Your yeah. mind is your business, and you got to mind your business. So <laughs> mind your mind. Yeah. You know, but we are the project that we're working on. That's why we're here. That's why we're in this classroom on this planet. So, if ask yourself these questions so that you can put things in perspective. What's the project? Is it something outside of you, or is it you? Go there, and then say, what am I projecting? Take the word project versus project. And you'll see the energy is similar because the project is going to reflect back to you what you're projecting onto it. And hopefully that will give you some clues. And if, and if you still don't understand it, you call into my show and you ask us and try to get you some clarity. But yeah, I mean, I, I, had, to, I had to do that for myself just recently. It had to do with the outcome of the election. And mm-hmm. I went through it. It was bad. I had a really bad reaction. It's not like me, but I recognized how I contributed to it. And I didn't do too bad. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. But given that taken me months to let go of a disappointment, months, I would have gone into a depression and stayed there for the better part of mm-hmm. a year depending on what happened, you know? Remember those days? Oh, yeah. But considering that I invested my my time and focus into the election for over a year and a half, it only took me eight days to regain perspective and get myself out of it and get back to normal. That's phenomenal. That is Mm -hmm. phenomenal. So I didn't beat myself up over it, and, and I just told myself, you know what, that was awful. I will never do that to myself again, but I wouldn't change a thing because I learned so much from it. And I I did it to myself consciously. I knew better. I I neglected to remain neutral. And I didn't like the outcome. And and the outcome doesn't matter, depending inside of me. So once I got there and figured it out, I was fine. I, I, I got the answer. I figured it out. It took me all of two minutes to understand it. And when I went to write it down, it took me over four and a half hours to describe it. That's how deep it was. Wow. Yeah. 
Now, speaking of which, you said you did a free one-hour webinar just on the election, the outcome of the election. Do you want to tell us about it? I do. I did. And I have to tell you, for the first time in all the years, you know, I've been channeling Mother um, this Easter will be, uh, well, gosh, is it 23 years or 24 years? Um, 23 years. 23. 1994, yeah, 23 years. And I got so many emails asking for Mother to uh, give, you know, to talk about the the outcome of this election. Um, I mean, just really heartfelt people saying, please, I'm desperate to know what the heck is going on. And Mm -hmm. so I did uh, a free webinar called What is Happening in Our World. I had more people register for that webinar than I've ever had anybody. I had almost 200 people register for that webinar. I've never had that many people in a webinar. Um, Like over 100 people showed up to the webinar. It was, uh, wow. I mean, people were just thrown by the whole thing. So I, I put the webinar up on my YouTube channel. It's called What is Happening in Our World. And I put it up, the the webinar took place on November 22nd. I put it up on my YouTube channel on November 23rd. It has had already 907 views. And that is um, the most views of any of my videos that have been up for only a short period of time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I've had some videos on my channel that have been up for years, and they've kind of accumulated more views over that time. But for for being up for such a short time, this has had the most views of any of my my videos, and it, it was it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And yeah. People were so grateful afterwards. I mean, just the chat room you know, of gratitude and sort of coming to a different perspective and understanding was really helpful for people. So, yeah, my YouTube channel is called Mother Mary Channel on YouTube, and uh, it's called What is Happening in Our World? And it's an hour and four minutes long. I thank you for doing that, and, and I understand it's specific to the election, which is appreciated and I feel that Mother will be – she might mention it, but I think she's going to take a different perspective. So that is very thorough and specific for all of us to go and check out and absorb the energy of what she said. About time. It was fabulous. Yes, it was. It was wonderful. And I'm glad I did it because I needed to hear it as well. You know, I really, really needed to hear it as well. Um, yeah, it was it was very life affirming, and um, you know, but it it was also giving permission to grieve the outcome, mm-hmm. or to celebrate the outcome, depending on what your you know what your opinions are or what your exactly. hopes were for that particular outcome. You know, mm-hmm. just really, and uh, and I. I have to tell you, I got a very disturbing email from my son's school. My son's in middle school, and there was a rather disturbing email that the principal or the vice principal was asking us to, or excuse me, the counselor, not the vice principal, the 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 um, psychologist, school psychologist was asking 
us to speak to our kids about um, this overwhelming energy of bullying the people who supported um, our president-elect and kids bullying teachers and adults and other kids who whose you know loyalties ran towards uh, the president-elect and I just shocked. I was shocked that this that the reverberations of this election went down so deep. This yes. outcome went down into our middle school um, mm-hmm. to where they had to say, "Hey, could you please sit down and talk to your kids and tell them to lay?" Basically, the message was, you know, tell them to lay off the bullying because this is, you know, this is the democratic process. So please explain to them how our government works, even though that's what they're studying in school. But it was, uh, I I have to say that I've never gotten an email like that before from school. I've never, it was pretty historical for me and uh, very interesting. It would be. There's, There's never been a time in modern politics where, Bullying was encouraged and applauded and normalized. It, it, it's it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary to watch, and I think we all have a lot to learn from it. Um, I'll learn that over time, but until then, something struck me, and I grabbed a hold of that to maintain my level of peace, and it was this statement right here. They say you, you should accept what you cannot change. I'm turning that around. I'm changing what I cannot accept. And what I couldn't accept is the level of focus that I placed on something that I normally wouldn't be interested in. Mm. I will continue to vote. I will continue to vote, but I will never get so entrenched in that ever again. And I've changed my routine to keep my mind occupied on the positive and the spiritual. I have have not watched the news ever since a few days after the election, and it will remain that way. And I'm back to me and I'm in my bubble doing what I love and helping others. And that's all I need. Other than that, if it affects my life, I'll have to address it. I can respond, but I'm not going to um, invest in the illusion in the way that I did ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. That's, that is so positive. That is so positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you want to bring mother tree now? Let's do it. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you when you get back. Okay. Hold on just a second. Hello, beloved one. Hello, Mother. Welcome. It is wonderful to be here with you and all those that are listening today. Hmm. Danielle and I had quite the conversation about outcomes. 
Yes, and that is an excellent subject. Shall I dive right in, beloved? I, I was going to say, if you, the microphone is all yours, if you just want to take it away, Mother. All right. So the first thing I want to say is that outcomes are a good thing. They are wonderful. They are um, the energy that uh, is a culmination from your efforts, your thoughts, your direction, your interactions with others, your community, your world. So we don't want to um, get into a mindset of disliking or uh, thinking outcomes in general are the enemy. We want to look at outcomes as um, so many different small things coming together to create one event. And the outcome could be small, such as um, you open a can of soup, you put it in a pot, you heat it up, and the outcome is you sit down and you eat it, right? That's very Mm -hmm. simple. Um, You open your your tube of toothpaste, you squirt some on your toothbrush, and you put it in your mouth and brush your teeth, and the outcome is you have nice, lovely, clean teeth and fresh breath. Small outcomes. And then, of course, there are some very big outcomes that you talked about earlier. And Uh what is very important to remember that even though it seems like putting toothpaste on a toothbrush is so small and simple, or opening a can of soup and putting it in a can in a pot, excuse me, is so simple. But think about all the things that went into getting that soup into that can and that can into your cupboard, and the pot on your stove and the bowl that you eat it out of, and the spoon you use to eat with. Can you Mm. just imagine for a moment all the people that were involved in creating that one little outcome of your soup in a bowl and then in your mouth and belly? Mm. And the same Mm. with the toothpaste and the toothbrush. All the people and all the effort and all the things that had to be invented and were over, uh, how many years do you think it took for toothbrushes to be uh, mechanically manufactured, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hundreds, if you were to, uh, if you were inclined that way and you wanted to research the evolution of toothbrush making, Right, you would find that that would have taken place over many, 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 many years, and everything that came before the toothbrush that's in your hand today and the toothpaste that's resting on the bristles, all that came before went into that small effort that creates this action of clean teeth and fresh breath. 
one mm-hmm. little outcome that you most of you take for granted every day. The toothbrush, the toothpaste is just in the drawer. The toothbrush is in the holder. There's going to be a new one at the drugstore when you want it. And you just brush your teeth every morning. It's normal. It's natural. It's just what you do. And yet, so much had to go in to that one thing. So what I want you to understand most importantly with outcomes is that they are filled with possibility, right? Filled with possibility. So let's look at the election because you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this. This is very important to you. Even though you were able to turn things around for yourself, still very important. So, yes. here's what happened. There were so many tiny, tiny, tiny little moments of effort and energy that went into this particular outcome. And believe it or not, this outcome has been uh, in the planning stages and in the realm of possibility for a very, 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 very long time. So what is vital, regardless of um, whether you are uh, glad that uh, Donald Trump is uh, present or whether you are not glad, what I encourage you to look at is what was the energy around the election? What was it for you as an individual? Meaning that were there aspects of this election that brought to the forefront certain things that the collective maybe would have rather stayed hidden, right? I'm going to give you one very wonderful example. And that is uh, prejudice, right? Whether it is religious prejudice, racial prejudice, or gender prejudice, or sexual orientation prejudice, right? That is a conversation that the collective is very uncomfortable to have, right? Very uncomfortable. Um, There are all kinds of very overt prejudice, and there's all kinds of very hidden or silent prejudice, all right? Uh And this is the kind of energy, because it's being brought up in the collective. Now, maybe if you are listening and you live in Australia, uh, this might not really be so applicable to you personally, Um, but this election was played out very prominently on the international stage. And so I feel that the whole thing was very important for the entire human collective. And there are things that people don't like to face about themselves. They don't like to face the hidden prejudices that are inherent 
and natural in the collective. Do you understand? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, for example, right, and this is an important one, there was a lot of prejudice towards women, right? He, uh, Donald Trump made many statements, his followers made many statements about um, that were seemingly derogatory towards women. But I have to tell you, my beloved one, what was being voiced through that man's mouth and many of his followers was a level of honesty that often does not exist in the public forum. And this is important to recognize. But what was being said is often what is being felt or thought inside of many, many individuals. And so you all get to take a look at your own feelings about other religions, about other genders, because uh, there are plenty of women who are just as derogatory towards men. These are often statements that are said, uh, there's a term in your culture, off the cuff. Yes? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like just a joke or... Um, uh, sort of a throwaway statement, but they have power. And there are millions of women across the world that do not support other women, who do not believe in equality for women. They don't believe in equality for themselves. They are still actively uh, pursuing genital mutilation. And it is not so much the men that are demanding it, but it is the women who insist upon it. And even the young girls who will not leave another girl alone who has not had the procedure done. They are humiliated. They are torn down. They are uh, demonized in their small collective. Hmm. So what he has brought to the forefront is everyone, and this is hard to look at, everyone's own discomfort with prejudice. Because when you're done uh, blaming other people, not you personally, beloved, when I say you, I mean people, when people are done blaming everyone else about the election and how the outcome came, then it's time to have the important conversation. How do I feel about people of other religions? How do I feel about my own gender, my own genitals? Do I celebrate them or do I like to pretend they don't exist? How do I feel towards people who do not have the same educational status or professional status that I have? How do I feel about people who would rather spend their days shooting at deer than in a library reading a book? How do I 
feel towards you just keep filling in the blank. Uh-huh. Do you understand? What are what are my I judgments? Exactly, because these are the things that ultimately formulate the outcomes in your life. If you are having prejudice, then there's something inside of you that you're still struggling with, that you're still rejecting about existence, about life, about creation. So you bring it into yourself. What do I need to let go of when it comes to my own beliefs? And ultimately, and this is what is hard for people when I say this, you have to remember, beloved, that I love him as much as I love you or as much as I love anyone. Do you understand? Oh, absolutely. I love and accept you all equally because it is your right. It is your right to deserve and to have all the love that you are willing to receive in any given lifetime. And so when you are able to place everyone on that equal ground to find that common ground, then all of a sudden you're having a different conversation. You're having a different feeling about the outcome. And I promise you and those that are listening, we will not allow him to break the world. This is a big worry for everyone. And I will tell you that compared to some uh, people who come to positions of power, he is not nearly that bad. And if you have such crazy high hopes of this man and his presidency, uh, don't set your expectations too high because um, there are some things he will be able to accomplish, but many that he will not because that is the role of the president. And so now he has to work with everyone and not just one party. Always they have to come to the middle as best they can. So as hard as that might be for some of you, or as easy and happy as this might sound at the outset, I ask that each of you ask yourself each day, how can I serve this man? How can I serve him? Can I give love to him? And the job that is going to be the most difficult thing he's ever, ever, ever done in the whole of his life or that he ever will do. How can I give my support? It is not my agreement with everything he says and does. Different. Support says, the collective has chosen how can I let go of my prejudice and how can I support? Even if he does things that, even if I voted for him and he starts doing things that I don't want him to do and I become angry with him because now he is serving the other side too, how can I support? Can you feel 
the difference of energy in that, beloved? Absolutely. Can we pray for him, Mother? What what specifically can we think or do? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I use the word prayer not as a religious practice, but as a practice of extending your heart, your love, and holding him in light. Just imagine that you are holding him in light and respect that he has a very, very, very difficult road ahead of him because no matter how he expresses it in words, he is still a human being who has doubts and fears and worries and, of course, now an enormous amount of stress. So anytime you feel love inside of yourself, you can extend that out through your intention. You set your intention that you are going to give this man and the people that surround him, that are going to help him, you send them love and compassion and support. Again, Support does not necessarily mean that you agree with what he's doing. But when you send love and support, what you're doing is you are offering him space to really feel what he's doing so that he can decide, is this the best course of action? Does this feel right to me? Right? So if you're extending that energy, you help assist him in awakening his feeling body instead of just using the mind. Oh. Okay. That's an important distinction. It awakens his feeling body. He needs to get in touch with that, and we can help him do that. Because that's yes. what he needs. We we have our needs. We need to look at things. But his needs, as obvious as people may think they are, that is his real need. He really cool. needs to get in touch with himself. He is a child of God. And and I think we should all offer him this. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What can we offer ourselves, Mother? With I did very well. I have a little more work to do. Um, I I have to work in the area of a, a little further of dissolving that sense of separation of us and them, of who voted for whom, and re-embracing them as brothers and sisters, not someone who did this to the other side yeah. of of the of the equation what can we what can i do for for what i have left to do and 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 get that get it back to where i had it where i just had so much love for everybody thank you that's an excellent question beloved and the best practice is forgiveness and i'll give you a little practice that you can do for yourself because let me just say that with forgiveness It's really about surrendering blame and judgment, all right? So when you forgive someone, let's say, for example, you need to forgive all those people who voted for uh, Mr. Trump. 
So you, what, when you forgive, it's not as if you are like uh, an official who is giving them absolution. You are not forgiving them per se. What you're doing is you are letting go of the blame and judgment that you hold in relation to them. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So, you come to this place, there's always the forgiveness. Whenever there's something to forgive, it's a equal opportunity, right? So, it's part you and part someone else, a group of someone else's, or a situation, okay? So, whenever you blame someone else, okay, maybe, now, I'm not saying this is exactly what you felt, but many people felt that um, there was twofold blame. They blamed the other party, whoever they were, doesn't matter what side you were on, for voting for their candidate. And then they blamed those that lost, then blamed themselves for not working hard enough. Or they blamed also other people who didn't get out and vote. Or uh, they blame the system, but they also blame themselves that something they didn't do might have made a difference or uh, there's all kinds of ways to blame self. So recognize that when there's blame and judgment about someone else, there's always blame and judgment that is uh, focused on self as well. So this practice covers both sides of the blame and judgment coin, so to speak. So you take a deep breath and you say inside your being and your heart, I love you and I forgive you. It's like a mantra. And I encourage you to say it slowly and thoughtfully, always from your heart, with accompanying deep breathing. I love you and I forgive you. And that energy starts to shift something inside of you. You are forgiving yourself. You are letting go of the blame and judgment you have placed on yourself. You are forgiving the other people involved. You are letting go of the blame and judgment you are holding against other people. And the energy of forgiveness ultimately is that surrender. You are making space for love to flow in. Because when blame and judgment are filling that space, there's not a lot of room for love. Mm. So that's why you say, I love you and I forgive you. So you're talking about yourself and everyone else that was involved. And again, you have to remind yourself if um, uh, you start to believe that somehow your forgiveness is going to uh, make their life better, don't go there. You are just letting go of something. You are not giving absolution. You are not giving divine pardon. That's what people think forgiveness is, right? That is a yes. pardon. 
that you are so generous to pardon the other people, but that is old shadow thinking. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I shall forgive you. Exactly. Thank, thank so me. magnanimous. So generous How? of you. Okay, can I focus on another emotion? The yes. the the overall sadness. Um, people who mm. uh, perceive Hillary's disappointment, who feel her sense of loss, and uh, many people really just thought she was going to win, and this the the crushing weight of the sadness. What can we say to ourselves? to recognize that she's fine, we'll be fine. This is the way it needs to happen for all of us, not for the two of them alone. If you have your own sadness about the outcome of the election, then feel it. Let yourself grieve. That is natural and normal and healthy. Always let yourself feel what you are feeling. But to be sad because you perceive uh, Hillary's sadness, that is not uh, helpful to you or to her because that is a burden that energetically now she has to carry on top of her own feelings, right? Uh-huh. So let, let her have her own feelings and you have your feelings but uh, keep them separate. Again, you can do the same with her. You can offer support through your prayer, your meditation, to extend love to her, to hold space for her to find her next big thing. Because I will tell you, beloved, and all those that are listening, Hillary Clinton has another dharma. And it's going to be extraordinarily important and rewarding for her. But uh, being president was not it. It would have tied her hands in such a way that she would not have gotten very much done and been more frustrating than liberating. She has more important work to do out in the world where she will have much greater impact and an easier time of creating the outcomes that she was born to create. Wow, is all I can say to that. Uh, That warms my heart, and I look forward to watching and observing her because I know it's important to her. Um, I tried to get to know her I, I, because I didn't pay any attention to all of this. And, and you said yourself, even in those past lives, I wasn't political, and I wasn't in this one either. I despise it. I don't like the head games. I don't like the power struggles. I always stayed away from it. But when it came to this, like I told Danielle, I did not remain neutral. I, I judged for and against, and then I invested my emotion. But – um, well, let's, let's I, I tried to get to know her and, and support her any way I could have. Could have. Mm-hmm. Let's put a little more of a twist on this for you, my dear. All right? This okay. was important okay. for you to be drawn in. 
to this relationship, all right? It was for your own self, emotionally, energetically, mentally. This was a relationship that you entered into. And yes, there was judgment um, us and them and uh, right and wrong, but really the reason you were brought into this particular election for the first time in your life because you needed to establish a relationship with her. And that's why many women entered into this uh, effort of support because her candidacy inspired women to find a strength that they didn't know they had inside themselves. And you are no different, beloved. Mm. So try to be kind to yourself, to be understanding about why you were drawn in and what it was for you. Yes, it was election, but more importantly, this woman and what she chose to do inspired you. It elevated you and it allowed you to give yourself permission to step out in a way that you had not before you entered into that relationship with her in supporting her in this election. Do you understand? <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. Oh, it's it's like so a very clear. good thing that you did, beloved. A very good thing. Okay. Yes, that is inspiring, and I have um, been feeling very inspired and very grateful to all the assistance that's been offered me, and I guess I will just continue to feed into both of those relationships for the highest good of all. Yes, yes, to the best of your ability, beloved, absolutely. Okay. I, I like that part to the best of my ability. Yes. <laughs> I know I'm not perfect. <laughs> but Oh and, and you didn't has... want to be. No. Because you have a limited idea of perfect. To me you are perfect, you see? Aww. Because I have an unlimited idea of perfection. But humans have a very limited idea of perfection. And mm. so you can't ever attain that because it's artificial. You see? Yes. Or contrived. Contrived, I think. Contrived. Yes. Mm-hmm. Contrived. Beautiful. I thank you so much for bringing clarity to this for for me and I'm sure for a lot of other people. Um, your words are much needed. Um, I hope it wasn't a duplicate effort for what you did in the webinar with Danielle. Believe it or not, beloved, I rarely duplicate anything. There are certain themes that I uh, repeat endlessly because there are really very few themes involved in enlightenment, but every uh, little facet is always different. So no, your listeners will find a lot more um, and uh, there are different things discussed in that particular video. Hmm? Okay. Good. Wonderful. I love you, my dear. I love you, too.
Thank you for allowing me to serve you and your listeners today, my dear. Hmm? You're welcome. Namaste. Thank you, Mother. Namaste. back. That was fascinating. That was. That was. And that just touched my heart today. It really did. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad we, we didn't get to talk last month because I wasn't able to talk about it. Yeah. Too close. I had to, close yeah, to, I had yeah. to finish what I was doing and we would have been on the air, I don't. I, I think I probably would have canceled it because we would have been really close. I was still going through it at the time. Yeah. And yeah. I was not. I was. I was not in peace. I was out of balance. I was going through it. I was really going through my emotions, and it was as if someone had died. It reminded yeah. me of um, 24 years ago, going on 23, 24 years ago. Uh, someone very close to me died in 1993 Mm. Mm. and this wasn't similar to that but in the process of what I was going through with detaching myself from the outcome such as my reaction to the outcome of the end of that person's life it Mm. was I I would I would wake I would go to bed miserable in most cases crying wake up peaceful and I float, I float in the morning, but as I descended down into consciousness, then waking consciousness came back and the truth was right in my face again. He's gone and he's not coming back. And yeah. it was like that. It's like this happened and this is just the way it is. And I, I was like, I, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. And the bargaining, well, maybe this can happen and maybe that can happen. And what <laughs> What really yeah. bothered me was the day before the election, I was driving in my car. It was 4.45 p.m. on Monday <laughs> before the election, and I witnessed what, what Mother was talking about, the prejudice. Yeah. And what a man said to a woman who was minding her own business crossing the street, and simply because of the color of her skin, and he screamed something at her, and I just – it broke my heart. Yeah. That he felt that way, it broke my heart that she had to be subjected to that, and I got over it quickly enough because I I looked I watched her and I I analyzed her energy field to measure the hurt. Otherwise, I would have pulled over the car and went to her and tried to speak with her. But she really looked confused, and I didn't see any hurt or insult. So I don't think she understood what he said, and she just kept oh. walking. Yeah. So that made me feel better. But for me to witness that at at that level was disturbing um yeah and i didn't have a good feeling but i held to i held to my projections it'll be okay she'll win you know whatever anyway i i never talk politics on the air so i thank everybody for giving me um the opportunity and the space to do that um 
like, well, pretty much bet I, I won't bring it up again. But yeah, yeah sure, go right ahead, Daniel. Can I say something really quick that was really interesting when Mother talked about uh, Hillary's Dharma moving yes. forward. That she has this, and it reminded me so much of the story of Jimmy Carter, who, um, when he lost his election for his re-election election, um, he was over a million dollars in personal debt. And he just finished, you know, holding the highest office of the land for four years, and he was in debt. And he was so deeply depressed. And his phenomenal wife, Rosalind, who is just so awesome, at some point she said to him, okay, enough is enough. This is, this is not who you are. You are one of the most powerful men in the world. You have made connections that go beyond what any normal person would ever be able to have. What are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with all the gifts that have been given to you? And so he had dinner with some close friends, another couple, and the four of them came up with the idea for the Carter Center. And are you familiar with the, with the Carter Center? I think I might be now um, a, a vague. A, a, I vaguely recall that he did do a center. Yes, yes, it's coming back to me now. Right. So he, okay. it is one of the premier um, places in the world that is stamping out these diseases that are, I mean, the things that he has done with the Carter Center is mind-blowing. It is unbelievable what this man has achieved so far beyond anything he ever achieved as president. Um, they have helped hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, they have literally stamped out like gillyworm this horrible, horrible, horrible parasite in uh, sub-Sahara Africa that it just takes this really super cheap, um, like a um, cure. You squirt it up the nose. It's 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 uh, it's so low cost. And they found things like that that they could do. And they've, they have done amazing things. If anybody wants any kind of inspiration in regards to Hillary, go to the Carter Center and look at their website and look at what they do and what they've done. And even Bill Clinton, the, the Clinton Foundation. I mean, he has been so hard at work uh, doing amazing things out in the world that has really nothing to do with politics but has everything to do with being of service. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, the Clintons are a powerhouse couple, and they know pretty much everyone who's anyone all over the world. And she is, it's like, at this point, the world is up for grabs for her. She could focus on anything and make it a huge, huge success. That's it. That's so good to hear, and I meant it. I, you know, I'll look forward and I'll support her in that because, given given the option between, how do I say it? Well, influence or global impact. How's that? Yeah. Yep. Perfect. I wouldn't want to just influence can... somebody's life. I want to impact their life for the better. That's right. And I think she's going to be drawn towards women's rights. 
because when she talks about women's rights, she is on fire. Did you ever notice that when you're hearing her speak or when she talks or when she's doing a rebuttal about women? She lights up. She lights up. It is her big passion. And I think that uh, I'm excited to see what she's going to do in the world now. I mean, once she's done grieving and sort of gathers herself together, I can't wait to see what she's going to do. It's going to be awesome. She literally is made of steel. She has gathered herself so many times before. Um, The difference, like I said to Mother, I tried to get to know her, and I did some research. And there were things that I was very impressed by. Um, I rearranged my perceptions of things that had happened in the past, in the 90s, when I was 25 and didn't know what I was even looking at and just didn't pay attention. Um. Yes, and I did notice, you know, when she would try to lift her voice to um, – I'm, I'm a tough sell on that because um, I was a voice student, and I could feel the pressure in her vocal cords. But I did notice when she softened her voice and, and spoke about children or women yeah. or e- equality, yeah. I leaned yeah. in. I yeah. leaned in when she softens her voice. It's keep it coming. It's like honey dripping from her mouth, and I want more. Yep, exactly, exactly. So, you know, you this is the perfect end to our show today about outcomes. You know, this is um, – I just never saw that being president – you know, of course, uh, that she was my choice of candidate, but I just never saw her on fire to be president. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to serving women and young girls and uh, equality and, and awareness of women's issues and rights, she is on fire and it's gorgeous. It is absolutely yes. gorgeous. And you're right. I want to be her best friend. I want to be right with her. I want to do what she's doing. I want, you know, that gets me so excited. And I, so it's, it's extraordinary when, even though, like, President Carter, and this is a, a little-known fact, but I saw this great uh, PBS frontline on Carter. He's one of my favorite people. Um, he got through more initiatives than any president in uh, either the history of presidents or in a modern presidents. Um, more of his initiatives passed in his presidency than any other president. And yet, and yet, he has had more, what you said, impact on the whole global consciousness collective in helping and supporting and uplifting the collective after the presidency when he started the Carter Center. Hmm. You know, outcomes are like even the worst possible outcome there's always a path that opens up for you, always, if you're willing to just get out of your depression. And like Rosalind, his wife, said, get up out of that armchair and do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the road never ends. There's outcome after outcome after outcome, and the road just continues. Even yep. even in physical death, you still continue. That's That's, that's just right. a transition, not an outcome. You know, That's well, right. speaking, we, speaking of excitement, we, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, we needed the Carter Center more than we needed him to have a second term of presidency. Right, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's that simple. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, before we go, I just wanted to add that you, you mentioned the word excitement, and through this whole thing, as intense, it was very intense for over a year and a half. Um, yeah. Nobody could wait for it to be over. But I did get a moment of excitement somewhere in this, in that um, I was I was a little disappointed. I had wanted to go to one of the rallies just to be in the same room with one of them, whoever was campaigning. Um, uh, President Obama had come out and was lending a hand, and she's all over Florida, and I kept missing it, and I was like, I really just wish I could be in the same room with one of them. I would like that 3D experience. Normally, mm-hmm. I don't require it, um, yeah. but I just wanted that 3D experience. And then I found out that night that he was coming to my town and would be a matter of, like, three miles away. So oh my God. I ran all over the place, gets to this thing, and it was just a wild goose chase. It was really funny. Got up early, got there at, like, 7, 7.30 in the morning, waited five hours to get into the stadium, another four hours. And the bonus was Stevie Wonder was performing. So I not only got to be in the same room and share that space and just appreciate, because I've never, I've never appreciated anybody like him. He just, there's something about him, but I, uh, I I also got to dance and um, boy, did I dance. And, it um, I caused a little bit of a ruckus, but <laughs> I had a great, I had a great time, and it was a wonderful day, and apparently there was an eagle flying overhead. I I didn't get to see it, but it was pointed out afterwards that there was an eagle, and I knew something great was happening here. But I had a blast, and I have that memory, and so I'll just look forward to the future, no matter what comes. Good for you. I love that. That is a perfect perfect ending today. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Danielle. I will speak to you soon. Awesome. Bye, honey. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. I I really hope you enjoyed today's segment and all the thoughts that were shared. Thank you for being here. We truly love you. Until next time, God bless and be at peace. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to GEICO than saving you money, GEICO also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the GEICO app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.